Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. And I'm excited. First episode, The Smart Home Show. We're talking with Phil Dumas from Uniki. Talk at Smartwalks. It's going to be good. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of The Smart Home Show. My name is Michael Wolf, your host, The Smart Home Show, brought to you by Next Market Insights, the leading smart home research and advisory company well, in the world, if I must say so myself. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wolf. This is the first episode, and our guest today is Phil Dumas, the CEO of Unikey. Unikey is a smart lock company, and we're going to get into it. We're going to be talking smart locks. If Phil's name rings a bell, you probably know of him or heard of him through Shark Tank. Yeah, that Shark Tank where, you know, Mark Cuban and Mr. Wonderful and Damon and all those other guys bid on companies. And Phil was the first guy to get five bids from five sharks. He's like the first entrepreneur to go on there and ever do it. He had this product he's pitching that ultimately became a Bluetooth smart lock that I actually have installed on my house. And so I've been trying that out and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But before we get into Phil and, and talk about smart locks and dive in, I want to talk a little bit about the show first. You know, I can't tell you how excited I am to be doing a smart home show. This show is going to be great. I have to tell you, I'm so excited to be doing a smart home show podcast. Just a little bit about me. If you, this is the first time you've come across me or if, if this is the first podcast you've listened to me talk in, I'll give you a little bit of background. You know, some of you may be listening to me because you listen to my other podcast, be it the Next Market Podcast or the Teardown Show, or even listen even listen to Smartwatch FM, where I talk to, uh, about wearables and smartwatches quite a bit. You may know me from that, but if you don't, I'm a guy who's basically been writing about consumer technology, and in particular, the digital or connected home, whatever you want to call it, for over a decade. As an analyst, as a columnist for magazines like Network World, or for GigaOM, uh, where I worked as an analyst and a blogger, or for Forbes, where I write about it quite a bit. I've been writing about this topic forever. I've written a book on the, the home network for uh, a Sam's Publishing, which is kind of like for, a for dummies type of publisher. That book, by the way, had the worst title of all time. I don't even want to mention it. It's, it's almost unmentionable. So I'll, let's just say I've written about home networking for consumers. So I'm just so excited to be doing a podcast on the, on the smart home talking about the stuff I've been writing about, be it home automation or things like Zigbee or Z-Wave or Bluetooth, low-power Bluetooth. Let's not forget low-power Bluetooth. Uh, new sensors, smart locks, your your phone talking to your your security or your thermostat, uh, be it a Nest thermostat or be it a Honeywell thermostat, or your phone talking to something like 
to your garage door or even to your home watering system. I mean, all these things are becoming a reality that seemed like science fiction 10 years ago that really were kind of out of the out of touch for the majority of any of us who weren't uh, maybe playing for an NBA basketball team. You know, a, a decade ago, you had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get stuff that nowadays you can really have in your house that does crazy stuff for a few hundred bucks. For certainly under a thousand dollars, you can do some amazing things. So we're going to be talking to a lot of these folks. And really, the format of the show is going to be a couple formats. It's going to be interviews with people in the space like Phil Dumas. Uh, I'll be talking to other guys at, you know, the uh, Andrew Brooks with smart things, for example, who's another guest, you know, smart things is one of those new smart home platforms that everyone's excited about and also be doing conversations with, you know, maybe journalists and, and bloggers in the space. And so that's probably about half of the shows. The other half will be things like looking at the latest news and talking about that, uh, what my thoughts are, uh, what's happening in the space, and just kind of keeping you up to date. And also some Q&A, some questions and answers, and and reviews. We'll kind of round out the balance of what this show will be. I'll try and clearly label all the episodes, whether it's an interview, whether it's a a review or question and answer session, or if it's a combo, I'll try to label those clearly. Cause if you have a certain type, a certain format that you like in particular, and that's what, those are the ones you want to listen to. You can know to go directly to those, but make no mistake. We're going to have all sorts of smart home goodness. And I hope to be your trusty guide walking you through it here on the smart home show. And I hope you can check us out. I hope you subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, you know, a new online residence for this podcast is at a new site I've created for lots of different podcasts, uh, you know, all my other podcasts and hopefully some others, just go to technology.fm. You'll see a little icon for the smart home show. You could click on there and find it, find this episode there and where to subscribe. And maybe there's some other technology podcasts, some other podcasts you want to check out as well, but just go to technology.fm. You'll find the smart home show. You'll find some other podcasts and you'll find where to subscribe. So, Check it out. So, hey, our episode today, we're talking about Phil Dumas. As I said, you know, he's a really interesting guy. He's the CEO of Unikey. He's a guy who's created this low-energy Bluetooth smart lock uh, that is really interesting. And uh, it's one that I've been trying out. So I want to talk to him. I want you to hear about it. And so let's go do it. Here's my conversation with Phil Dumas. All right. Hey, I want to welcome Phil Dumas, who is the CEO of Unikey. Hey, Phil. Hey, Michael, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, we talked a, a while back. I was doing a report on uh, the smart lock world. And, but I, if you can spend a few minutes just telling people what Unikey is and what you guys do. Yeah, so Unikey, uh, our mission is to replace all your keys, pins, or passwords. And we're really starting with your home. Um, so we've launched a product in conjunction with QuickSet called the uh, QuickSet Kivo. And it's really the first uh, truly hands-free smart lock to the market. Uh, it has our patented touch-to-open technology, so you just have to walk up and touch your door. And as long as your phone's on you, pocket or purse, uh, the door automatically authenticates you and unlocks. Uh, and we also have uh, some other patented technology in there that can tell what side of the door you're on, which is extremely important. Well, I have to say, I've been playing with the Kivo. I installed one uh, about a weekend ago, and my uh, my nine-year-old daughter loves the touch to lock thing. So she just like, she wants, whenever time we go out the door, she's the one that wants to touch it and lock it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. 
So talk a little bit about this idea of what a smart lock is. You guys created a smart lock, which actually incorporates the whole lock, uh, and it has radios and stuff. But how would you tell us how you define what your product is? What you know, what is a smart lock? Well, uh, I, I think that's yet to be defined. Uh, certainly, I'm biased, but I would I would say we are the definition of a smart lock. I think um, I like to say we're not the first company to open a door with a smartphone, but we're the first company to do it in a more convenient way than a traditional key. So when I think of smart lock, I'm really thinking of uh, the whole solution of this passive entry, hands-free entry solution, um, not just the ability to actively unlock your door or the phone. So uh, solutions have been around. You can pull your phone out of your pocket, hit a button. Uh, but, you know, this whole user experience, uh, more of an automated user experience of just walking up and touching a door or walking up and having your door open automatically, uh, I think is really the way I view the definition of a smart lock. You know, looking at the market, you know, I've, I've segmented it in two kind of two main ways. If you go back in history and in history, I mean, four years, you know, there's like these, (laughs) there was this wave of Z-Way Zigbee locks that came out from all the big guys and they all hooked into big smart home platforms, home automation platforms uh, built around those, those technologies. But yours is part of what I would call maybe a newer wave that is more direct connect and uses things like Bluetooth. So can you kind of, explain the differences between those two worlds? Yeah, really, you know, it goes back to your first first question. I think um, I think those products uh, were more home control products. Um, and as I grew smart products, I'm, I'm thinking of more redefining home automation. So home control uh, are these systems where you actively engage. So, you know, whether you lock or unlock your door by pulling out your phone and going into an app and, and toggling a switch or toggling a switch to turn on and off your lights um, versus home automation where you touch your door lock and it automatically authenticates and unlocks for you or like the Nest thermostat where you set it up and it automatically learns your habits. So I, I really think defining home control versus home automation helps differentiate our new smart lock technology versus what you were talking about with these Zigbee Z-Wave enabled kind of active engagement home control solutions. And yours is a fully integrated lock, whereas I'm seeing some other solutions on the market that basically are overlays that go on top of existing locks and just kind of turn them. Uh, So talk about that difference, why you decided to fully incorporate a lock mechanism. Yeah, to be honest, so Unikey has actually been around for a little while. We started in April of 2010. I have an extensive history in access control, which maybe we'll get into in the future of this interview. But um, our first idea was just uh, what we call a strap-on style solution to the back of the door. Um, But it really had its limitations, although it certainly has some advantages. Um, The risks definitely did not outweigh the the benefits of of this strapping-on solution to the back. So, um, you know, one of the big things was – uh, battery life and and location um, based technology. So, being able to touch your door and say, "I want to unlock and pull it out of a sleep state," uh, having something on both sides of the doors uh, of the door gives us the ability to tell what side of the door you're on. Um, so, we went down that path initially, and and we ruled it out with our expertise. Um, and it's certainly going to be challenging to get what you know. I think is a a solution for the masses with a single-sided solution. 
Yeah, plus you would have had a you would have had to called it a strap on device. So that probably wouldn't be that was one of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a shot at the competition? I don't know. No, uh, but that's what we call it internally here. To be honest. <laughs> You you uh you integrated um, lots of we integrated Bluetooth, but one of the challenges with integrating RF technology in a lock is 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 battery life. I mean, and one of the I th- I think the challenges I'm seeing when I look at some of the other folks or just see the this this technology is is battery life because a lot of them are battery powered. Most doors don't have aren't wired for electricity. So talk about that challenge and maybe some of the other challenges you in, in, encountered designing this product. Yeah, well, it's huge. And again, that was one of the reasons why we went with this two-sided solution. Um, You know, look, we're the only product in my mind and my understanding of what we're defining smart locks as um, out in the market right now. And I think um, you see some other solutions starting to back off their battery life claims. Um, It's a huge problem. I mean, to get uh, a year's worth of battery life out of four AA's is, is a major uh, feet. And, um, you know, we've solved that problem. And I think you'll see some of these smart locks coming out have some serious battery life implications. Um, again, the way our solution is designed to where you touch it, it pulls it out of a, a super deep sleep state. And that that's what allows us to get, um, you know, what I believe is an acceptable battery life. Talk a little bit about this. Um, actually, just, just a second. I kind of lost my train of thought here. Sure. <laughs> this this is why I don't do live shows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I may have got you off topic. Hey, no, no, that's fine. Um, oh yeah, you know, you guys actually did a deal with Quickset for residential, and I think it's you know for the North American market. But you have your sights set on beyond just home door home door locks. You're looking at a broader universe of access control. So talk about what your your plans for world domination are beyond just, just beyond the front door. <laughs> yeah, so uh, world domination within access control, uh, not general world domination. <laughs> okay, but, just to uh, clarify that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure people don't think we're crazy. But, um, you know, you know, like I was saying at the beginning, we really have this vision to replace all keys, pens, and passwords. And, um, you know, we're doing it very strategically, and, and we're, we're starting with your home. But, um, you know, if you think about the typical keys on your keychain and, and the use of passwords, we're going to go through the most used uh, down. And um, I mean, everything from commercial properties, hotel hospitality, automotive, um, safes, uh, anything you can think of, and, and including computer access. Um, we really envision, um, you know, the future of all of that integrating into your phone. One of the things I would I would like to do with uh, the Kivo is to be able to remotely unlock it um, for someone if they're standing in my front door and I can't necessarily pass them an e-key. Are, do you guys have any plans for doing um, access to like a, a broader home network or doing a home network integration? Uh, absolutely. So um, at CES this year, we announced uh, our Internet Gateway, which will be just an additional uh, device that uh, – uh, network connects your Kivo, uh, which will also offer home automation integration or home control innova- uh, integration um, to other products in your home. But it'll give you that ability to remotely lock and lock, which that feature's been out um, with other solutions. Um, so we're saying, hey, if you want that, we offer that as well. Uh, but it's not required for the system. Another wish list item I have, and, and really this podcast is just about getting my personal wish list out there. <laughs> just kidding. Good. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I use an Android 
mainly for my phone. It's it's a big universe of Android out there. You guys came out with iOS, which is understandable. Um, but the way I unlock and lock the door right now is with the key fob, which is a great intermediate solution. But uh, tell yeah. us when the Android app is coming. Look, I want to clarify and announce to the world that we love Android as well. Um, we're actually – we didn't decide to not support Android. Uh, Android decided to not support us, but I doubt they had us specifically in mind when they made that decision. And that's, um, around, their, that's around their Bluetooth <laughs> That's around their Bluetooth yeah, support, right? Exactly. So they, they've, they've slowly rolled out Bluetooth low energy support. Um, they've only rolled out about half of – the solution that we need to enable Kivo with it. The good news is, is Kivo as it sits now, when they do release that, uh, will be fully Android compatible. Um, so as soon as they're ready to go, um, we actually have most of the app done. Um, so you can imagine when when they launch uh, their new version, um, we'll we'll be ready to go, and and we'll be very very happy to open this up to all the Android users as well. Another enthusiastic user of the Kivo in my house is my son, who loves technology. And he has a smartwatch, it's Pebble. And one of the, the cool ideas we, we thought would be cool is just wearable integration. So is that something you, you can envision in the future where like a watch could be like a key, act as a key fob or a key? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly on our radar. Um, you know, one of the things uh, it's important to understand, you know, the, these are going to be custom integrations with these, uh, with these vendors of, you know, you know, whether it's smart watches or, or other devices, we, we take security very, very seriously here. You know, it's one thing if somebody was able to hack, uh, you know, your Hue system and turn on and off your lights, but it's another thing if they're able to get in and, you know, into your front door. So um, these are going to be direct integrations with these partners um, on a very secure level. And and that's why you just haven't seen it already with this, this open API uh, for these guys to integrate with, because we really take security seriously here. You bring up a good point around the tighter or the the higher bar you need when you're talking about access control. And, you know, I did a piece for Forbes about the smartwatch market and some of the comments on Twitter were, oh, great. Now we're going to get hackers opening your door. And my, my initial thought was, well, hackers probably don't physically want to enter a space as much as they want to enter, enter virtual spaces. But I mean, that's still a concern. So uh, first of all, am I right on that? You probably won't see a lot of just general internet hackers trying to get in your front door, but also, I mean, how, how big a risk is that? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's not the best way to look at it, but I'll, I'll, I'll just, I guess, come out and say it. Security is only as good as your weakest point, right? So, uh, we've designed Kivo, um, We've gone way above and beyond on the security architecture, and like I talk about these integrations, we, you know, we're taking that very slow to make sure we we maintain our high level of security. Um, if somebody's going to hack your Kivo system, they'd be better off hacking into bank accounts and, and military sites. Uh, if they want to get into your home, they can generally put their foot through your door. Uh, they're, they're, it's going to be a waste of talent for somebody to hack this system to get into your home. I'll put it to you that way. It's extremely secure. Yeah. Hackers talent probably, like you said, is better applied towards getting into things like bank accounts, whereas going around door to door trying to rob houses, I would imagine. Exactly. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we have some nerdy ways of, of putting it, um, but I think your audience can appreciate it. We, we have appreciate this. We have more combinations to your door, which change every interaction, by the way. Each communication is unique. Then there are hydrogen atoms in the observable universe. Um, so 
Good luck. Is that one of your? Is that, <laughs> is that is that going into your marketing copy at some point? No, I don't. I, I you know I think your audience may appreciate that, but uh, I I don't think the general public uh, yeah. can quite uh, quantify that. But uh, it's it's massive. You have an interesting backstory in terms of uh, bringing your market to broader aware, bringing your product to broader awareness, and that you did Shark Tank. So talk a little bit about that experience. <laughs> yeah, the uh, cliche fifteen minutes of fame, I guess. But um, uh, yeah, no, Shark Tank was great for us. Um, it was uh, an unbelievable experience. I think we were the only company at the time to get an offer from all five people, so it was great to not have anybody say no uh, first and foremost. Um, and um, you know, I, I like to say it was great that we were on Shark Tank, and uh, uh, but. There was also a downside because we went on there and, and everybody saw our product and got a lot of huge momentum going. But it also kind of showed all the competition we were working on as well. Um, but but that's OK. We, we, we were quite a bit of a ways beyond, um, you know, some of these other guys already. And uh, generally, it's 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 just been positive for us. Um, you know, it it really helped the smart lock movement in general. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's just up to us to continue to, to lead this category. You know, one of the post stories, uh, I watch Shark Tank quite a bit. I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a fan of Mark Cuban as well. Um, but one of the stories oftentimes is what happens afterwards. And, but there is a negotiation, there is negotiation afterwards about terms and, and, and I don't think it was anyone's fault, but you guys ultimately didn't arrive at the right terms and you went other, elsewhere for investors, right? Yeah, so I actually have a, a background in private equity, um, so I wasn't uh, I, I was quite prepared and, and understood, um, you know, the deal structure, and uh, you know, quite frankly, we just couldn't agree on on the final terms, um, and you know, we had to we had to walk away from the deal, um, and uh, you know, it turned out to be a great thing for us, uh, you know have zero issues with, with Mark and Kevin, um, you know, still communicate with them. Um, but, uh, you know, we ultimately got a deal that was much better for, for Unikey and, and, and our customers. It really all, all, all funnels down. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it still a great experience. Um, you know, still communicate with those guys. It just, uh, uh, just didn't make sense for us. And you ultimately got in, uh, into a deal with Quickset, um, the, the company, the company that owns Quickset. Talk about were people knocking on your doors, or were you actually knocking on those doors before the, the Shark Tank experience? Yeah, so we were already in communication with Quickset uh, and a couple other guys prior. Um, uh, at the time, Quickset was owned by Black and Decker. That's who we we announced on TV. Um, and shortly after the show, it, it certainly helped us close that deal. Um, it, it lit a fire to say the least. <laughs> oh, wow. So they were actually watching and, and, and was it the exposure or they just, they just saw the interest from, were you validated by the interest from the sharks? I guess. Yeah. I, I think it was all of the above. I mean, um, you know, it, it was funny. So I think that the show aired on a Friday. I'm not even kidding. I got a call from them on Saturday morning. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it, it went pretty quick. Um, you know, they were excited about the technology already. Yeah. Uh, this was just a little bit of a kickstart. Um, you know, we would have eventually gotten a deal done, but it, it, you know, it pushed everything forward. I think they realized that we, you know, showed what we were working on to the competition as well. So it, it lit a fire from that perspective. Did you get a call from, from Yale and Schlage on Sunday then? <laughs> basically <laughs> hey well phil dumas you know i i, I think we're you guys are doing this interesting uh i'm a fan of the product because i'm using it and i appreciate you taking some time with me 
Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. We appreciate what you're doing. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you learned something about the smart lock world. I think Phil's a smart guy. I think the technology is interesting. It actually works pretty well. As I said, I've been trying out the Kiva lock, which is based on Uniki myself for the past couple of weeks. And I have some, some thoughts on that in a coming episode. If you like this first inaugural episode of the Smart Home Show, please go to technology.fm. Check us out there. You'll see the Smart Home Show. You could click on that and listen to this episode, or you could find out where to subscribe in iTunes or in SoundCloud as well. Some closing credits before I go. I want to give a shout-out to Jeff Moberg from GNM Sound and Music, who's responsible for that awesome audio and music combining home system sounds and toilets flushing and whatever that symphony of music is of sounds from around our house, uh, which I thought was a great uh, intro to. And also, I'm going to use it as my outro. What the heck? Uh, for this podcast. So, uh, Jeff Moberg, uh, you can find him at jeffmoberg.tv uh, for JNM Music. Nice guy. I found it on SoundCloud. He said, go and use the song. And that was great. So, thanks again, Jeff. And thanks again, everyone, for helping out. Uh, thanks to Phil Dumas for uh, talking to me. And thank you, the listener, for listening. And uh, hope you listen to future podcasts. We'll talk to you later.